1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Tim Bell, hope you're having a great Monday. Uh, Coming up, we're going to talk about look who's back at practice after all the fuss. He made his way back. We'll get into that coming up as part of our NFL Blitz. But we want to say good afternoon to Jason Longshore. He is, of course, the analyst for Atlanta United. And, of course, Jason is brought to you by the Georgia Lottery. Today could be the day. Um, Since Atlanta United didn't comment on the officials against Columbus, I want to ask you about what you thought about the officiating.
3: It was uh, (laughs) – how how careful should I choose my words here? Um, Let me start with the assignment that – I think was a big mistake by the professional referees organization because Joe Dickerson worked the last match. These two teams played against one another. And that was the match where Tiago Almada was sent off afterwards. And that was the match that Gonzalo Pineda was sent off late in the second half. Why is he being assigned to another game between the same two teams? That doesn't happen. Typically I've, Worked in the game for a long time at a variety of levels, and that's not a typical sort of thing because uh. things carry over. You see a team the second time, you referee a game the second time, and things carry over. That's, that's not a good look. He doesn't manage a game very well at times, and he calls a lot of fouls and ends up with generally both teams being very frustrated. And you can look at last night with the goals being called back. You can look at the game previous with these two teams playing at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, you can look at the game he had between Orlando and Austin. That was a mess with a number of cards and send-offs. Um, a number of games. You can go back to 2019 between Columbus and Atlanta that, that he worked. <laughs> it's, it's just very strange that you know this thing. these things are happening. And, look, I, I totally get that refereeing at this level of the game is so difficult. The game's faster than it's ever been. But you have more help, and you have to manage the game better. And I feel like at times with Dickerson, it becomes a little more confrontational than it should be between players, staff, coaches, and the referee. I don't think that's the right approach, and I don't think it's what should be the the signature for this league going forward.
0: Yeah, I know it's frustrating because we we've had this issue before. I know that uh, last week, look, we dug a hole against Red Bulls, and then Red Bulls were absolutely throwing us around. And I heard your exasperation on the play-by-play, and it just it drives you crazy. We've got a really fun, uh, you know, exciting style that is the beautiful game, and you, you don't get to play it if the refs don't let you. In this case, I just thought, man, the Sosa goal was unbelievable, and unfortunately, did you just say hats off to Columbus? They made some really nice passes on that on the equalizer, of the first of their first
3: goal. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, look, look, when you have the two players like uh, Zelarion and, and Kuchar Hernandez, it's hard to shut them down for 90 minutes. I think Atlanta kept them quiet for, what, out of the 90, probably 80. But the, with their quality, they get a, a, a hint of an opportunity. They're going to find it. And Kuchar Hernandez is just on a roll since coming into Columbus. You couldn't keep them quiet the whole time. And credit to Columbus for that. But go back to the the second goal after Sosa scored, the one that's taken away. Mm. If it's 2-0 at that point. Different game. I don't think Columbus comes back. Right. I think it's game. Jason Longshore, our
2: guest, guys, talking about Atlanta United. It's a, a, a draw. And we were talking about, you know, we've only got a limited amount of matches. Are we going to be able to put this together? And the two matches, just the last two weeks, right? I mean, we're talking about, situations where you give up an early goal and then here um similar but different so what adjustments need to be made jason if if you're going to make the adjustments what is it
3: i actually really like the setup from yesterday and uh i wasn't sure if i would going into the match because you sacrifice another attacker you know we've had this conversation i think a lot this season with You lose Brad Gazan, you lose Miles Robinson, you've got to shore up the defense. And that generally is going to mean playing three center backs, okay? You, You play a third center back rather than two, that means you have to sacrifice somebody somewhere. And I think Gonzalo Pineda's tried to find the balance between having as many attackers on the field as possible to get forward, but also you have to have some defensive solidity. Yesterday was another step. Really, towards more balance with Amar Stadich and Santiago Sosa playing in the holding midfield and the three center backs. But you had Brooks Lennon on as a, as a wing back who was bombing forward and created six chances on the day. Caleb Wiley as a wing back, bombing forward. So you had more, I think, attack from a wide position. That suited playing Columbus, who's weaker in wide positions, stronger in the middle. But I liked the balance that Sadich brought to the midfield. I think it freed up Sosa to go find the game from time to time, and Santi Sosa had the game that I think we saw early in his Atlanta United time last year, that he could have these kinds of games where he's dictating the game. He's the conductor of the match, not just from a deep position either, but stepping into the attack, dangerous on set pieces. And Sadich's presence allowed that. Sadich would cover for him behind him sometimes, let Sosa go. If the play allowed Stadich to go, Sosa sat behind him. I really like the balance, and that might be the way to go forward because you still had 24 shots yesterday, 10 on target. You had plenty of attack, but you had better balance defensively over the whole 90 minutes, in my opinion.
0: It is our man Jason Longshore guys at Longshore if you want to talk to him about the soccer on the Twitter. Uh Jason man, it's 8 matches left. I said 9. It's 8 matches left. Chicago, we had a scoreless draw with them up at their place. Um we got to get some points. We're 5 points out right now of the final playoff spot. So I mean, I I just when do we I mean, is, is it time to hit the panic button here with 8 matches left?
3: You got to stack up some wins. I mean, that's what's so crazy about this table is if if you win two in a row, the table starts to look really different, doesn't it? That's how narrow it is. But you've got to win two in a row. And you you look at these last two on the road where points are at a premium, and they were both winnable, I think, going into it, and they were both winnable when you walk off the pitch at the end. They, They both felt like games that you could have picked up three points rather than one in Cincinnati and in Columbus. The home loss to Red Bulls really hurts because that's one that you do have to go make up on the road somewhere is that in Orlando, that game becomes massive later the season. Game in Portland, who is, is struggling at home at the moment, but that's coming after a trip midweek to play Philadelphia, and we know how tough Philadelphia can be and what they take out of you with their pressing style. That's not a normal game in the midweek because that style takes a little more out of you than than typical you know opponents so then you got to go out to the west coast but those are the games that i really keep coming back to new england late you know you're probably going to need that too at some point but we don't know what the table looks like by the time we get to october you got to look ahead of you and i think it's orlando and portland that are the critical games that are going to decide what atlanta united can do in the postseason
2: what's your assessment of gonzalo paneda Uh, as fair as you can be about what his situation and circumstances have been this year. I've gotten a lot of feedback about Gonzalo. Obviously it's human nature for the manager to be criticized and, you know, critiqued when the team is, is not winning like we are, but what would your assessment be of this season so far?
3: I think what Gonzalo Pineda has done this season to have Atlanta United play in the manner that they have. And take the results to the side for a minute because there's results that just like we talked about with Cincinnati and Columbus where the play is good the result is not matching the play and that's been a storyline this season the finer moments but you also look at the challenges that, that Gonzalo Pineda's had to deal with this season personally I think he is the most ambitious in terms of attack manager that Atlanta United has had I think he sets the team up to attack the most. The idea, and and Mike and I have talked about this on and offline this year, about the the old Atlanta United, I think Gonzalo Pineda has a team that is set up to attack more than anybody. They're leading the league in, in chances created. They're right in the top two, three in shots, and shots on goal. Those things don't happen by accident. He has done as much as he can do with what he's had to work with this year because of the injuries. And he hasn't sacrificed what he's building in terms of being an attacking, bold, swashbuckling team at times. I love what he is trying to accomplish in terms of a style of play. And I think we saw a lot of that last night where that was a blast to watch that team play and the combinations that you're starting to see. It's just been a very difficult season because of look some individual mistakes that have cost him points but also not having his full complement of players week to week. And I think he's made the most that he can make out of it. And I hope that people give him more credit than he's been getting because I, I feel like there's been some very unfair criticisms levied at him.
0: I hear you. It's just, you know, it's so tough because we were so spoiled, you know, those first three three years of your count 19, which was a really good year once DeBoer got it rolling. Just real quick, uh, Jason, because we saw Nagby last night, and obviously we haven't had a Nagby. If, uh, to your point about the injuries, if, Ozzie, if Osvaldo Alonso was healthy, we're in the playoffs.
3: Uh, you know, it's hard to pinpoint because if you have that, then you have more balance in the midfield. Even with the other injuries, you have more balance because you got to remember you didn't have Sosa very much this year. Sosa's only started eight games. You know, his off-season sports hernia surgery. It was complicated coming back. He had some extra complications. He had an illness that kept him out and kept him out of training, and and he's only now really getting back to full, I think, physical capability. If you have Ozzy Alonso for that time until Sosa gets to now, you're a better defensive team. You're a more stable defensive team. Is that enough to get you in? I think so, because I think there's games that you don't drop points. You don't give up some goals. I think you also get something I talked about after the Red Bulls game. You get a little bit of that edge, and at times this team is, is very young and not physical enough in some of those moments, not cheap shots, but you guys know how it is in sports. Basketball's a prime example, commit a hard foul, you know, change the energy. And at times in that Red Bulls game, you were getting bullied and Ozzie Alonso, that's not going to happen. I mean, I remember a tackle where he went flying in, in the Kansas city match specifically to change the energy of the group. You needed that at times. So, yeah, I I could absolutely buy that argument, Mike, that if Ozzie Alonzo doesn't get injured, Atlanta United is in a prime playoff
1: spot right now. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.